Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is Lovecraft Country Chronicles, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Please welcome your hosts, Mia Johnson and Natalie Zamora. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Lovecraft Country Chronicles. My name is Natalie Zamora, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host. Hi, I'm Mia Johnson. And tonight we've got special guests returning to the podcast to discuss the finale of Lovecraft Country. So please, everyone listening, say hello to Dan Selke and Sabrina Reed from Fansided, as well as Jim Rohner, who is the co-host of the Cast of Cthulhu podcast. Jim was actually on our first ever episode, and now we've hit the finale of yeah. Lovecraft Country. <laughs> Where has the time gone? Seriously. Yeah. It's my Literally first question. <laughs> Name of the episode is Full Circle. We have come full circle. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I know. So everyone, let's just talk about our first reactions. We'll get into details, obviously, as we go on. But what did everyone think of the finale? I thought I it was a... Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> okay. um, I thought it was a solid B. Ooh. Yeah. Um, yeah, like... Uh, I, I don't know, like, I, I lo- I've loved the series a lot. Like, it's always kind of surprised and delighted me. And this one, um, I, it, it, it wasn't quite the magnificent ending I was hoping for. It kind of felt like it was a little incomplete. I'm not sure how many of us felt like that. Mm-hmm. Like, it, this whole time we haven't really known if they wanted a second season or not, or whether it's like a one-and-done thing. And at the end, I yeah. was like, this feels like a show that wants a second season. <laughs> It's like, they just kind of like ended and that's over. And like, there's no like wind down or no, um, like what happened to Montrose and Hippolyta and D and all the characters I'd like. I liked a lot of it. Like, uh, like the, the meat of it was great, but I, that ending did leave me a little wanting. It's like my first initial right out the gate, uh, reaction. Okay. Who's next? Okay. Sabrina. Wait, are we doing on a scale from one to ten, or a to a to f, or does it whatever? It's your choice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Seven point five, sure. <laughs> um, I agree with Dan that I might give it like a B plus. Mm-hmm. Um, I I thought it stuck its landing. Like I wasn't necessarily yeah. disappointed. Yeah. Um, it was more I expected a little bit more. Um, yeah. but it had the regular stops like the ladies were doing everything and being amazing. Mm-hmm. We had tick crying. Um, uh, we we closed up some of. Um, the plot lines in terms of relationships, but it kind of went really fast. Like I didn't believe Gia and Tick scene as much as I love them. Mm-hmm. I didn't believe his line about we're family. And I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, but a lot of cool stuff happened. And I'm glad that like D has a black sugar all to her own now. So she gets oh, sticks. Yeah. yeah. All right, Jim, pass the torch <laughs> to you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to quote the cinematic classic, 10 things I hate about you. Um, <laughs> In which Bianca says, like, I know you can be overwhelmed. I know you can be underwhelmed. But can you just be whelmed? Um, I, I think I, I'm going to be the most critical, I think. I, I'd give this a probably a solid C. Ooh. Um, kind of typified uh, the entire series for me in the sense of putting in a lot of work 
uh, with landing emotional truth and emotional moments, but sometimes at the expense of logic or plot threads that sort of made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I, I say this as someone who really loved the first three episodes and kind of found this show to kind of be a series of diminishing returns kind of until the oh. very end. Oh, man. Okay, I'll go next. Yeah. <laughs> I am all, I am almost with Jim. And for this finale, I think I'll be nice and give it a B minus. I think C plus might be, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say, yeah, I was, my overall impression watching this the first time was, oh my gosh, what is going on? There's a lot for me to keep up with. How was this making any sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end, I did kind of, I was a little, I don't know, bitter about the ending. It just, to me, it also didn't feel complete. Uh, but in between, it had a lot of great emotional moments, a lot of great scenes, and a lot of great things that are the bread and butter of this series. But I definitely felt like I wanted a little something more. Yeah, I'm going to agree with all of you guys. <laughs> I definitely, I liked it, but it wasn't, it didn't blow me away. I wasn't, you know, at a lot of the episodes I've said at the end, I was just speechless and I'm just like staring out onto yeah. the, to the wall. I'm like, I don't even know how to feel right now. But this one, I was like, yeah. That, that happened okay it also did feel like they're trying to like set up the second season but also like it hasn't been confirmed so it's like mm-hmm. just in case we do get another one here's what's gonna happen kind of thing but yeah it was fine I still I enjoyed it like I definitely cried at one point or twice Aww. but um it wasn't you know it wasn't as good as other episodes for sure I would say okay um, so, so 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 we all think it's <laughs> Eh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Accurate. Yeah, I want to say it's like maybe a B minus. I want to say as well. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, like I think it's probably my least favorite of of any episode they've done because I liked a lot of them. Yeah, this is probably the 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 most whelmed to to go with you, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how I feel. It just I, I just I and I. Love D. I love obviously the idea that she's got now this badass mechanical arm and her yeah. own pet Shoggoth, but it also seems as much as we love her character and, and especially considering what she's been through in the last two or three episodes to end the entire season on a moment with her just kind of felt not earned. Like yeah. this, this wasn't, this was an ensemble show. Sure. Uh, but clearly we had, leads in Montrose, in Tick, and in uh, Letty. Mm -hmm. So to end it on someone that wasn't them, like it it wasn't her show, it wasn't her arc, it wasn't her victory to have at the end. Yeah. And I don't know if that's blasphemy because once again, love her. I love a lot of the changes that they made from the book to the show. And I'm, I'm trying to decide myself should I separate those two or should I be the mm. one who's always talking about the book um, <laughs> but it, it, it feels it feels disingenuous to the other characters for it to end on that moment I got it yeah and you know we will be we'll definitely go in depth about the ending a little bit we have a message um, for our friends who are listening right now don't we Natalie oh yeah so yeah we'll get into a general you know uh summary of the episode before we get into the details we want to shout out some friends at the tarot terror in podnito which is a podcast everyone listening might want to check out the podcast hosts are palmer and sam and they take you on a journey through the terrifying world of horror as they analyze 
fan favorite genre pieces throughout the years, covering all aspects of pop culture horror zeitgeist from video games to film. These three horrific hosts curate long-form bi-weekly episodes that feature in-depth analysis, news, banter, interviews, and more. So if shows like Lovecraft Country have piqued your interest for more of the macabre, then look for the Terra Incognito on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and see how much you love keeping it creepy. Because we all love keeping it creepy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now we can jump into it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. So I'm going to just give like a brief overview of the finale. Obviously, there's a lot more details that we'll get into, but just for everyone listening, if um, you listen to or if you watch the episode a day ago or whenever you're listening to this, we'll just give a brief overview. So starts out Atticus and Letitia faint while they're trying to save D, and then they go back in time. They speak with Hannah, Dora and Hattie. They go over the book of names and, you know, they're talking about the history there. They learn all of, not all about it, but they learn more about it. And then mm-hmm. Tick and Letty come back to the present world. And then they go about casting this spell to bring back Titus Braithwaite. That was crazy. <laughs> um, and then they cut off a piece of his skin. At first, I was like, what? I thought he was going to kill him. I wasn't really sure what was going on, but then it came together. Um, and then we wind up the night of the equinox, of course, this is what the whole show is leading up to. Um, Atticus, Letitia, Machos, Hippolyta, D, Ruby, and Jaya. It's a full car. They got a full car. <laughs> they all head to Artem to meet Christina, obviously, um, with the plan of their own now. Because Ruby, seemingly Ruby, gives them a bottle of Christina's blood. But in the end, that's not really, you know, what happened. <laughs> Um, so I guess besides, you know, we're feeling whelmed by this episode, um, (laughs) just how do we feel just about all the twists that happened? I, I liked the, uh, the Christina is Ruby reveal. That one worked for me. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and again, like I liked a lot of it. Like I really liked, um, the car scene. I thought that was really sweet. Yeah. I, Mm -hmm. I, I I didn't quite know why they're bringing D to the. Yeah. Sacrifice of their uncle. <laughs> Agreed. Or even like why Gia was really there. But I did love them singing. Like yeah. that was fun. Like, you know, that there have been not many moments in the show where there's just been kind of relaxing with the characters. They're always kind of going yeah. somewhere. And like as they were singing, I'm like, I like these characters. These are yeah. Like I've come to like these people, all of them pretty much. <laughs> and I I did genuinely like the uh Ruby is secretly Christina reveal. I thought it was cool. I thought their relationship was was a highlight of the episode in general, like Ruby and Christina. Mm-hmm. Like, I never quite knew earlier if they were just going to be, is Ruby going to hate her? Are they going to be business partners? Apparently, like, and they got somewhere where they were almost, like, actually romantically involved, like, genuinely. I thought that was just kind of almost sweet and weird and just juicy in an interesting way to, 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 to think about. But it wasn't enough because Christina still put her in a coma or killed her. Not quite sure what happened. So yeah, yeah. Sense. but I did like that. I thought it was effective. Yeah, I'm curious to hear about you, Sabrina, because we were we were just about to talk about um, Letty, not Letty, Ruby and Christina. How do you feel about <laughs> everything yeah. that happened? I am like, okay. So they're very weird. <laughs> yeah, it is very hard to talk about them because. <laughs> Ruby would have to admit that she had feelings for for Christina, and I guess she did, but then she also tried to play her mm-hmm. by using the same tactic that Christina mm-hmm. used against her when she pretended to be William. So it's like, do did they like each other? I'm assuming that Christina did, 
because um, it looks like Christina put the invulnerability back onto Letty after she fell out of the tower, Mm -hmm. um, keeping her promise to Ruby, which you would think that she wouldn't care about since Ruby did quote unquote, like betray her. Um, But she, I I guess they're romance. I don't know. I don't know if it matters. They like (laughs) double cross each other. So it's over with. Um, But I kind of like them. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I. Hmm. Here's me being. This is my whelmed face, um, <laughs> and I'm trying to to think back. And I certainly, for the most part, really like what they did with that relationship. And without speaking to it explicitly, the Ruby subplot or or thread, however you want to categorize it, with Christina, did a really good job of of emphasizing this idea of how the allure and power specifically of what the, you know, living in the white world can offer is, let's be honest, or, or in that world, a temptation to someone who has constantly been living in a, a state of being overlooked, of being um, segregated, of being oppressed. And so the fact that, you know, she kind of going into that final scene is like, we don't know where her loyalties lie is not only honest, but also was really interesting but then by having that reveal where then it was like, oh no, she did actually try to do something at the last minute, but by putting it off screen, it's almost sort of like the show is trying to have its cake and eat it too, or in the sense of like, we don't want a, you to dislike Ruby, so we're not going to really go one way or another with it. And once again, it just kind of typifies that, in my opinion, this thing of like, uh, you know, we're trying to have emotional moments without necessarily a narrative which gets to that spot logically Mm -hmm. i could see that yeah because they're connected by loneliness but it's not something that they talk about a lot like yeah um ruby and christina are both alone in terms of ruby feels very isolated from her siblings um and she's trying to make it through the world and knowing how intelligent she is knowing that she can um be the best at whatever she wants to be but not having the opportunities and then letty rolls in and out of town and they only seem to talk when letty needs something so that's very isolating. And then with Christina, mm-hmm. she never felt seen because she was the only girl in a lodgeful wizards, warlocks. Um, and she wasn't appreciated. And then so she killed them all. Um, and then that just leaves Ruby, someone she was just trying to use for her own benefit that she actually ended up liking. So it's something that's on screen, but not quite realized. I mean, I don't really mind the ambiguity of it. The, the idea of like that relationship seems to kind of have like a life almost outside of the show. Like I'm curious about it. And like Jimmy <laughs> said, like I, I didn't know what Ruby was going to do, even like toward the two third mark of the episode. I just wanted like a wind down with her. I wanted at least confirmation of whether she was dead or in a coma or what. But um, I thought their relationship was one of them was one of the better parts of the episode. And now that I'm looking back over the whole thing, one of the more interesting parts of the series as a whole, Christina and Ruby. Yeah. I had a complicated relationship with their relationship. Yeah. I will say when they were doing the funeral scene, and now that I know it was, so was that Christina as Ruby, not the funeral, at the graveyard as well? I thought that was Ruby as Ruby. Okay. I thought yeah, it because, was Ruby. Yeah, because that's how Letty used the, the, the kind of the trick to figure exactly. out that it wasn't her. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was, even in that moment, I would, to me at least, I was surprised with Letty and Ruby's relationship that it still seemed like Ruby was so just adamant 
to Mm -hmm. not, you know, listen or open up her heart to Letty. And it seemed like a couple episodes before, like when they were in the kitchen and she was like, you might be pregnant. It seemed like they were trying to bond. Yeah. But to me, I like, honestly, I did not see the appeal between like why Ruby would want to be with Christina, except of course, kind of this just empty, like, oh, we both have, you know, we're alone. So we'll be alone together. Um, So yeah, there's, they try to kind of underline the theme of family because even previous, like just the scene before that was when um, Atticus and Jaya were talking and uh, mm-hmm. Jaya kind of got, I call it family zoned. <laughs> it's like we had something, but we were family. So yeah. you know, thank you for being in my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, of course, every episode of this podcast, we talk about Letty and Ruby and Ruby and Christina, but this one really, I mean, Letty and Ruby, their relationship just went really up and down the entire time. And I know like me and I, we usually say like we're either annoyed or just like weirded out by Christina and Ruby yeah. just because <laughs> why Christina? No. But yeah. in this episode in the, you know, the graveyard scene, I was, you know, kind of seeing Ruby's side, but I still was like, okay, come on, like just trust, just trust your sister. Like you really are family. But yeah, that was that was a lot. And it was really, it, I mean, obviously it was tough for Letty to hear that because it, it's kind of true. Like she does go to Ruby just when she needs something. But this time yeah. around, it's like, all right, she actually needs it. <laughs> like so many lives depend on it. Yeah. Am I Am I wrong in thinking that if the priority is like you being a good sister versus Atticus dying and causing this woman to become immortal forever, like... Yeah, let's kind of you know maybe put things aside for a little bit because the stake of I don't know maybe the world is 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 what we're facing here. Well, I mean, yeah, but like uh, Christina can offer Ruby um, maybe immortality or a castle, or apparently she was, <laughs> she was considering going and just killing a redhead last episode and taking her body. I think that's yeah. the there. Yeah. As someone who has a redheaded wife, I would take great offense. Oh. To that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the idea is that she offered her power power and she was being seduced. Yeah, it's true. Is a little Darth Vadery. Um like <laughs> no, I bought it. Like again, like I I I really liked the uh the back and forth. I never really knew where Ruby stood. Yeah. That's true. And Ruby seemingly just had something out for Atticus. I've said this before, but it seems yeah. like she just straight up hates him. <laughs> and it's like Letitia don't be with him, you know, he sucks for whatever reason and yeah. I mean, look I, I bet Letitia's been with some horrible men in the past, and Ruby's probably been the sister. Like, oh, you're with yeah. with him crying. Yeah. And blah, 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 blah. They probably have like a. Uh, I'm guessing like a uh, some walls to overcome there. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But like, Letty's also pregnant with her <laughs> yes, nephew, so you'd true. think she'd be like, you know, I understand true. why you want to keep Tick alive. She, yeah, you'll know, be fine. It's fine. Yeah. You can just raise the child together. It's okay. Yeah. So, okay. Speaking of Atticus. Okay. So we finally know his fate. He does die. I did not think he was actually going to, but yeah, it was bittersweet. Of course it was, I was glad it wasn't totally like a complete happy, happy ending. I mean, we'll get to the ending in a little bit, but I just thought it was interesting that he has a conversation in the beginning when he gets to talk to his mom and he's like telling her he doesn't want to die. That was really sweet and interesting. And then she kind of tells him this thing, like, we don't really have choices in life. Like you have to sacrifice things for your family, you know, or else what's the point. And then when we jump to his conversation with Jaya, Jaya kind of reminds him like, 
oh, remember, or they talk about a previous discussion that they have choices, they can make their own choices in life. So does Atticus really think he can decide what's going to happen? Did he know he was going to die? I was, I was not sure about what was going to happen or what he knew was going to happen. Mm, you know what? I'll mention really quick that he did say something to probably Montrose or someone where he was like, you know, this book yeah. I have says I die, but things can change. I don't yeah. know if he's, he specifically mentioned like, you know, the difference between D and Horace and maybe uncle George living. Yeah. But I almost thought that was like a setup line to be like, Oh, guess what? He's going to be able to change his fate. Cause we were Me talking too. about this in the last episode and I was like, okay, so maybe in a way it was a bait and switch. Like they kind of give you hope that mm -hmm. the plan is going to work and it'll be successful. And then it didn't. Um, and yeah, I kind of almost do enjoy, not enjoy, but I think it was an a okay move for him to sacrifice himself. Yeah. Um, and kind of immortalize himself as the hero that he had been reading about in the books and everything else. Yeah. Um, I didn't mind that. I mean, um, I feel like they thought the plan, I, I, I think he think he, I think he thought he was <laughs> going to avoid dying because they had the plan yeah. together, but they didn't know yeah. what that was. Um, I guess I, I was, I liked the scene with his mother. I thought that was very sweet, and yeah. and, and that got to me. Um, I wasn't like super broken up about his death. I'm not 100 percent sure oh, why. No. Maybe a terrible person. <laughs> I, I don't know. Perhaps because it was just kind of coming like so slow. I did love the iconography. I mean, that special effect with his wrist being slashed. Is Ew, no. I know, I know, I know, I know. So they always break out something on the show, like some kind of. Oh my God, where'd you get that? I did love the iconography of Christina like being bathed in blood, mm -hmm. like against a moonlit sky and just kind of cackling like a crazy person. Uh, that all worked. Um, but yeah, I mean, for a show like this, I almost would have been a little upset if they didn't kill any main characters. Yeah. Though I'm not, I thought it was a fitting end for Atticus. Yeah. No, I thought so too. Um, I expected him to die. They were being really weird in the kitchen when they were talking to Montrose, where he was like trying to convince mm -hmm. his dad that like we can change it. Like it didn't really seem like you could though, because yeah. you and Letty were giving each other looks in the kitchen <laughs> <laughs> about how that wasn't actually possible. Also because he mm -hmm. mentioned to his father that he was the one with the baseball bat who saved them. So yeah. if this is already preordained, then he knows mm -hmm. that the possibility of him dying is extremely high. Like, I don't know what would change it. Someone, would have to intervene and clearly no one did so yeah um but i was fine with his death too i wasn't really torn up about it um that might be because i didn't actually connect that much to tick i mean there are portions throughout the season that i like with his character but a lot of time it was quite frustrating um yeah. seeing his journey i liked him most in scenes like with montrose or like with letty but yeah, yeah. i don't know on his own he was a i liked him i don't know i'm not sure why i didn't like fully <laughs> get on his joy train but um good character great performance yeah oh yeah good ending. he was mean though a bunch of times that's why I, that's why i didn't like him that's why i didn't like him for a lot of the episodes i mean obviously i wasn't like i wasn't happy that he died or anything but it did make for you know a fitting ending i would say yeah, yeah and, i mean dan, i mean dan also speaks about the iconography it's also like you know he's got the jesus pose at the end yeah it, it yeah kind of has 100 like, yeah we, mm -hmm. we don't we don't you know for once in, in in pop culture in media depictions we don't have a white savior at the end of anything yeah. you know we have and obviously with also the 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 blood and what that signifies we have to assume there's going to be if a second season a resurrection at some point 
Sure. Um, but I, this is, and I'll, I'll fully admit this is specifically with Atticus's fate is the, is where I have the hardest time separating the source material, which with what they did yeah. with it. Um, and without digging into it too much, because the, one of the themes of, of the source material was this idea of a, uh, a family and, um, you know, a group of people who were basically told this is what your fate is going to be and them working to overtake that and, and recapture what their destiny is, what their story is going to be. And in here you have the same group being told, this is what your destiny is, Tick, you are going to die. And then he does. And so it kind of, to me, feels like it's it's the antithesis of that theme of these underrepresented people taking control of their own story and they're to a certain degree not they play out the roles exactly as we were told it was going to play out and i, I felt that that uh that was the hardest for me to separate those two mm. things to see the show and the book because of of how there of how wide of a chasm there was in my opinion yeah knowing what i know about the ending of the book it almost seems like basically what you were saying like the book and the TV show were trying to tell two different stories, like using yeah. the same plot, the same characters, but then telling different stories. Um, whereas I think Misha Green was trying to maybe put more of an emphasis on, I don't know, I, it was an interesting thing saying like, you know, the uh, black people, you know, the magic is with us now. The magic mm -hmm. has been taken away from whites and, you know, Atticus is this kind of martyr and, you know, things, which is kind of interesting. I'm like, is, are they trying to insert him into history and say, you know, like after 1990, this is 1955. So, you know, maybe nine to 10 years later, we've got the civil rights movement, black power movement, all those things that happened. It's like, Oh, you know, is, is this supposed to be like a little retelling of history because Atticus was the martyr of this situation and kind of saved his people. That to me kind of sounds like the detour they were going with. Mm -hmm. Um, but I almost like just the book and the series having their own story to tell. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, and, and if anyone hasn't read it, the uh, spoilers, everyone is alive and happy at the end of the book. Yeah. <laughs> I everything. was going to ask. Yeah. I yeah. Sure I wanted to. Okay. Yeah, I feel like like three or four episodes ago, I kind of just was like, all right, let me forget that I read the book because this is yeah. not what happened. So, <laughs> but I do like how they included like the book written by Atticus's son. And then it's like, all right, so it's like they incorporated the book, but in a different way. Yeah. That kind of helped me out a little bit because I was like, all right, let me just not think about the book right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, if we can have another complaint, I'm not sure if we're <laughs> stay negative. Okay. Maybe my biggest one, what the world did they do with Gia? Like, I was very upset with that. Like, Ooh, I, explain, explain. Yeah, okay. explain why. <laughs> I loved her episode. I thought, I thought it was yes. maybe, maybe one of the best, maybe my favorite one, mm -hmm. just because of, again, God, the icon, I mean, the iconography on the show, the visuals are always like mm -hmm. so crazy out of this world. Good. Um, and she just, she just felt very sort of shoehorned in here to me, Ooh. like, I thought she was going to play a bigger part from that episode out. Yeah. And then she just kind of shows up, has one scene in the foyer, disappears for a couple of hours, and then she has one talk with Atticus in a bar. I liked her line to the guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> died of that was fun. But um, I don't know. I just felt like she, she seemed like a very rich character, and they didn't really address 
any of like her internal journey much at all. Yeah. And then to pay off like the, you haven't become one with the darkness by you step into an evil tornado. And that, <laughs> that was a little that, confusing. That <laughs> seemed like a, a pretty like low impact payoff to what there was something to be like a pretty cool moment. I just didn't think they used her at all. It's at the point mm-hmm. where I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm not sure you should have brought her into the show at all. If this was going to be, or just like have her have her moment and then leave her off. Mm-hmm. But to, ha- to kind of bring her back and to just have her do not much of anything. I mean, I like the tails came back, but um, it, it, <laughs> yeah. it just seemed in a bit of a, a forced way. It was not a favorite of the Gia. That was my yeah, Gia hot take. A plot device, um, yeah. unfortunately. Which is, um, Jamie Chung did really well in episode mm, six. Like she, yes. that is her episode. I am hoping she gets an award. Um, <laughs> but they, she is shoehorned in at the end. Clearly they needed someone to connect both Christina and Tick. And the only way that they thought of how to do that was to use her tails. But there could have been some other way to do because the way that they built her up from um, episode one on um, where he was like, calling her on the phone, she seemed to be very important to what was going to be happening towards the end. And then she, I mean, she was like the MVP, but like only because they really, really needed that one bit, yeah. not because they actually built it after her episode, which was disappointing because she's a great character. Yeah, to me, it felt like um, Rose, I don't know if it's Tico Tycho, but from um, who Kelly Marie Tran plays in Star Wars, The Last Jedi, you know, they introduced her and they're like, you know, she's going to be part of the team. She's going to be a cool team player. And then basically, yeah, the same thing happens by the next Star Wars movies that she's a background character, has a couple lines, she does something, but it's like, wow, she really fell to the wayside there, what happened? So that's how I feel about her as well. Um, to me, the little line that Hippolyta threw out at the end where she's like, their bodies need to be closer or else the spell can't be conf- uh, performed. And I was like, oh, since when? Yeah, <laughs> I, I like, have no if, idea. I was like, if you had told us that a little bit earlier, we would have, as the audience, there would have been that knowing that, oh my gosh, they're not together. Somebody needs to get them closer together. Mm-hmm. And then I think that's when it would have been cool for her to step in. And, you know, like I said, the Avengers theme is playing <laughs> and she's like, I've got this guys. But for them to introduce that last, you know, little caveat at the last minute, I was like, doesn't, you know, seem like a, <laughs> a good use of at least the story's time. I mean, uh, Let's be honest. The magic always seemed like they were kind of making it up as they went. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I mean was was fine. Like and like that didn't bother me when every episode had like some really cool gimmick. Like this is the time travel one, and this mm-hmm. is the one with the body horror, and this is the one with the creepy dancing demon girls off the book cover. But um, now that they kind of had to lean on it, it kind of a, yeah. a little bit laid bare. <laughs> like. I mean, I guess magic doesn't have to make a ton of sense because, you know, mystery and all that. But um, <laughs> I felt like some, so a, a few more hard rules maybe could have helped. Yeah. Yeah, because okay. it didn't seem like... So Christina said that you need a body in order to perform a spell. But, like, where is the body coming from for the invulnerability spells? Like, I had assumed that when she touched Letty's stomach the first time that she had actually killed her baby to sacrifice, yeah. to sacrifice for the, the invulnerability. But that's not what happened. And I was like, oh, okay, so the baby is fine. Who died in order to make sure <laughs> <laughs> that this spell worked? And, like, and then she put it on again for um letty so i was like okay i guess not i don't you don't need a body can it be some someone is in stasis what is happening with these spells yeah it did seem like also too like i agree with your what you're saying dan like 
every other episode had other things going on. So anytime Christina or whoever it was was explaining the magic, I was like, all right, I kind of just zoned yeah. out for a second. <laughs> but like go back and I was like, okay, I listened, but also does that really match up with what we've learned so far? And then I'm like, <laughs> okay, but the rest of the episode was really cool and like a lot of action and emotions going on. Yeah, which, yeah, (laughs) a question I have was why did, like, when they were trying to, way, way back when they were trying to summon Titus Braithwaite, why did they end up cutting off a piece of his flesh? Was that ever... Because they needed, like, part of his body, right? And they needed part To do of what? Yes. To link the bodies. I don't know. They had to have all three, otherwise stuff wouldn't work. Because because they said so, so that's the way it is. Yeah. They said it's to bind Christina, but then they ended up binding magic from all white people. So then I got confused yeah. because, like, how is that possible? And how are you going to be able to maintain that going on generations without someone messing with the magic? HBO yeah. can release the Book of Names as a standalone piece of merch, and we can all oh. read up on the rules and uh, see what it says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was also confused. Okay, so when they get to Artem, Atticus drinks, like, the um, vial of it's supposed to be Christina's blood. I don't know what it actually is. And then he eats, like, a piece of meat. Was that supposed to be Braithwaite's skin? Or yeah. Was that? Yeah. Okay. Oh. I was like... That's what I, I must- took. That's what I thought, but I was like, that is so disgusting. And they didn't, I didn't, it wasn't that explicit to me. It kind of looked like a steak, so I was confused. It did look like steak. <laughs> Maybe it's like a reverse communion, right? The body and the blood. So oh, I don't, there's a weird, like we were talking about the being on the cross and mm-hmm. I'm not really sure how they all connect, but the idea <laughs> is there at least. <laughs> well, and that's what's interesting too, is that for a, a show that that was so heavily into magic is real and it controls this, this, and this kind of thing to lean earnestly into religion specifically only in the last episode is like, mm-hmm. do you not realize the rules that you have set up in your own show <laughs> that now we have like a baptism and did that baptism yeah. pay off in terms of anything? I, I can't really recall. Which baptism we're talking about here. Uh, Tick got baptized. You can kind of see it in in the memories, or oh, when, when there was the flashes yeah. at the end, and and we saw we saw them, you know, him and Letty in the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, it, uh, you know, if, if you're talking about like magic and religion, I mean, there was religion earlier on. Like Letty had problems with her faith. That was like in the third episode and such. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure you can really talk about like a story about 1950s without bringing up. I mean. Christianity was a big thing, and it still is. I'm sure you can do that. And I mean, like, to be fair, can you really have a hero sacrifice themselves without being compared to Jesus? It's very, very hard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the bat, because the the thing about Letty as well, we talked about her. It's like, how do you find religion when you also realize that there's this whole world of magic and, you know, yeah demon sorts of things and maybe it is just a way to you know find comfort and you know to know that there's salvation that you don't have to go to the bad place where the shagoths live you know when you die or something like that and atticus did did he kill anyone i don't know if he had a body count per se but he did some bad things technically throughout the show so maybe, you know, that was a way of him trying to repent for his sins. And hopefully, you know, when he goes to the afterlife, he goes to the good place and not the bad place. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm certainly not opposed to uh, inserting that into the story. I mean, as oh, a yeah. religious person myself, but it's more just, it's kind of late in the game. Like there, there may have been a, a seed planted in the third episode, 
but it wasn't watered throughout the, the preceding episodes. It was just kind of there. We forgot about it. And then it comes back in the end to play a allegedly some type of factor into that spell at the end or his, or maybe it's going to factor into his, what we believe to be a resurrection in season two or something, but it's, it's more just kind of one of those things where, yeah, it's a, it's a, a loose thread that wasn't tied up very neatly. I'll be honest. I agree, Jim. Oh, sorry. Um, it's, uh, cause it's part of Letty's story, but then towards the end, it seems like it is going to be a part of the overall story. And then it doesn't, cause she said, God has us. So mm-hmm. I was expecting something spiritual to happen during, um, uh, tick sacrifice and that's nothing actually does it's christina who saves her i mean you could, there's an argument if um if you get into like religious things that uh christina was compelled to keep her um promise and therefore that might have been because lady had prayed and therefore god moved within christina but then you get into the like the money of the works because that's not really a part of narrative that's just someone imposing like christian beliefs onto a story without the writing going that direction on its own if you aren't part of that religion also, be honest, um, I completely forgot there was a baptism of Tick involved at all in this. Um, so I'm not sure if that's an indictment of the plotting or mm-hmm. of my ability to pay attention. It is blink if you miss it, sort of. Yeah, it is. Um, okay, I'll, the other thing that kind of goes with this is when Jaya, um, this was back in her episode where, you know, she first got through Tick and she sees his whole life. And here's something that bothered me, right? We saw him in one of those scenes where he's got something strapped to his head and he's like strapped yeah. to a board. And we don't know if it's like a lobotomy or like what's going on. I was a little salty that that didn't play out like that. You know, I, w- I was, yeah, a lot of people, like when you watch any sort of TV show with a story arc, you're thinking about what does this mean? How does it relate yeah. to the next episode? How's it relate? Like, when are we going to see this scene and what does it mean? And that did not happen at all. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if that was a writing goof or something like that, um, because Misha Green did call off call out one of her goofs, which <laughs> that's the best way to say it. When she was talking about like um, Captain Lancaster said, "How's the thing in Kansas going?" The observatory, oh, mm-hmm. and then the observatory ended up being in Kentucky, and she was like, "Yeah, guys, that was just my bad. Like you know, <laughs> that stuff just happens." So I was like, I wonder why they included that scene of Atticus. Like, was that an original take of the scene? And then they yeah. decided to change it at the last minute. That was just one thing that bothered me too. <laughs> like, bottom line, I think like the plot mechanics were messy. Um, <laughs> and I could, and I'd be perfectly fine with that. Like if, again, like I got the like emotional punch and most of the series I did. Mm-hmm. And this one, I, I just was left wanting basically to see what, like a little bit of what happened afterward, like yeah. with yeah. all of them, Me too. like with Montrose and Hippolyta and Dee and Ruby. Yeah. Is she alive? Like, like I, I think like uh, like even a small like uh, here's what the gang got after school kind of thing. Yeah, help me a bit. Although maybe they're saving it for season two if there is such a thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like that's usually, like, a lot of times with the finale of a show or even the ending of a movie, they kind of show, you know, what happens after. And I'm kind of like, all right, I don't need all of this information. But this time I did really want it. I was like, Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I wanted to ask what questions we all had now that we're talking about the ending. What other questions we have? I also want to know, now they have the book of names and they have magic. What are they going to do with it? Are they going to use it? Or is it just going to be, you know, just in case kind of thing? I mean, my main question is, 
is, is Ruby alive or what? Yeah. Like, that, that, that's, that's, that's the big one <laughs> right, that I want to know. Right. You know. Comatose or what? Actually, the book of names, I'll throw this one out there. So the notion that white people have no longer access to magic, is that a satisfying kind of conclusion to that arc, do we think? Like, is that like a big enough thing to like, we did it, end it on? Yeah, I mean, the only reason I think it's not that satisfying is just because magic was just introduced to, well, I guess it has been around in their family, they just didn't know about it. But just for like, you know, Letitia, Montrose, Hippolyta, um, specifically, they this just started happening to them like last month. So it's kind of just like, all right, now back to our regular lives where, where you know, there's racists everywhere and I can't live at this place yeah. and do that. So now I it's think- like, all right. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good question, Dan, because I it was a very it's a clever line. I do like where they're going with it. But now that you bring it up to me, I don't know if it justifies everything that happened. Like, yes, there were some instances where white people using magic was a hindrance to them. But for the most part, it just seemed like normal racist white people. I don't think they had any magic. They weren't doing any spells to like kick them out of the diner or Mm-hmm. Um, any other, you know, sort of discrimination they might have faced. So that's why I really, I was like, if I really wanted them to go all in on a magic angle and, and maybe, you know, maybe they did need this, you know, you know, be like Harry Potter or something. So the rules are clear. We know who uses magic. We know how they use magic so that mm-hmm. when that power is given over to, I guess, all of black people, you can say, oh, now I know what they're going to do with it. Now yeah. I know what kind of things they can do and how they can progress. So. It's like, yeah, the more you think about it, the more it's like, so what does that really mean? And, you know, in the grand scheme of things. Good for season two. <laughs> uh, my question's not going to be able to be answered. And that's just because I don't know what Christina's intent was when it came to being immortal. Mm-hmm. I thought that her spell at the end was going to be something different or than her father's because she just ended up falling into the same trap. Like she succeeded. Mm-hmm. But like, was that her whole motivation the entire 10 episodes was that she was going to do something that none of the men um, in her family could do? Like, cause that's kind of lackluster. Um, and then as far as finding um, like the source with that, we're assuming that the source of magic comes from the same place for everybody. And I, I just <laughs> feel like that's a lot, especially if you're going to bind all white people, you sacrificed one person. You cannot possibly bind an entire race yeah. with the sacrifice of one man. Yeah. That's, I mean, I guess if they are going to go with the Jesus narrative, then he saved everybody the same way mm-hmm. Jesus saved everybody with just one death. So maybe he would be resurrected in a season two. But it's still, I'm trying to suspend my disbelief. I'm having a really hard time doing that. <laughs> if, if I had a question about anything or, or uh, a, a desire of what I would want to see in, in season two, it'd be, I guess a bit more who is who is George Freeman in the sense of Atticus's mm. son, yeah. Uh, because, especially because the show is just sort of we don't see it happens like oh by the way Atticus also went to the future and his son wrote this. Yeah. Oh, well, who handed right. in the book? Yeah. <laughs> like step back. <laughs> um, I, that that seems like a, a pretty significant moment to happen yeah. off screen and a pretty yeah. significant character. And I know I guess technically he's in the show because Letty is pregnant, but also mm-hmm. that seems like a pretty big deal to just casually mention offhand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That would, yeah, that would be something that would make for a good season two. It's kind of like, you know, if they're going to diverge from the book, then may as well, you know, just go all in and 
start getting creative in season two, especially with, okay, now what happens with George? What happens, you know, now that the magic has been bound from, you know, all those people. Um, I did have another question or even to throw out to the crowd is like, was Christina's death, I guess, satisfying? Did it feel like a complete, you know, ending for her? And I'll say really quick that to me, <laughs> Dan might like this. It almost reminded me of Cersei Lannister's death because <laughs> it, to me, it felt a little anticlimactic. Yeah. It, yeah. it felt like she had worked up through all of this. And to me to have D choke her, I thought it was a little dark because D is a yeah. child. And I know, you know, Christina is bad and, and all these things. To me, it, it just, maybe it was a little graphic too. I was like, oh, wow, a, a child is choking a young woman or, you know, to death. So that to me was a little weird. And again, it just, it kind of fell flat for me as far as like satisfying deaths go. It, it was, I mean, Jenny, you said earlier, it, it was, it, it was a, it was a strange choice for her death. I will say, I thought, I thought this probably might have been Christina's, one of her, maybe her best episodes. Like, Natalie, you said that, like, she kind of got settled with, like, the, Christina's going to talk about magic yeah. again for a couple of scenes. <laughs> okay, we'll just glaze over. <laughs> this one, I mean, I thought, I thought she showed more depth with Ruby. Mm. I, I, I liked the twist. I liked her pushing Letty off. And, and again, like, the kind of more depth of her giving Letty back her invulnerability. I liked her, like, full-on supervillain maniacal cackling. Um, <laughs> like, she shows no emotion ever. So that was nice. So I, I thought that the character showed more range, which I liked. But yeah, the death was just... Okay, uh, the base question. Why do they bring D? Who brings D? Why do you, yeah. bring, your, <laughs> why do you bring her to your uncle's sacrifice? Yeah. Like, get, like, get a babysitter. God. <laughs> um, and I didn't... Yeah, I'm not sure like, why she was alone with Christina. Yeah. I'm not sure why she had a particular grudge against yeah. Christina. I mean... I mean, I, I, I guess they all can have a grudge against her for some, for good reasons, but I mean, none of the others apparently wanted to murder her, but D was just that bloodthirsty, <laughs> I, I guess. Um, and yeah, just, and again, just like a really bizarre, like final moment. Like yeah. if that's the whole series, like this show was about so much, but the last scene is D, the young budding <laughs> illustrator choking the girl to death. It just, yeah. it, it, it seemed to... It seemed like a strange choice, and like I kept waiting for like a post credit stinger or something. Yeah. To, like, kind of. Is there more? Um, young budding part android animator. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we should clarify that. That really opens up her career opportunities. <laughs> it was eerie though because um, she says, uh, "You you still haven't learned," and I was like, "Well, what is?" D doesn't really know that much about Christina to have that be her line to yeah. her before she kills her. I wonder about that so too. Um, so it's like, is this, is it really D? Are we going to, yeah. like, are we opening up um, some type of new storyline that they would put in season two? Or um, was the darkness inside of her has made her darker? I mean, because they, she still had the petrified hand. Her mom got rid of it and gave her a robotic mm -hmm. arm. But that we still don't know what the Jigaboos might have done to her since they were in her body for a long time. So she could be like a darker person now. I kind of liked it only because I instantly started thinking about Moon Girl and the Devil Dinosaur. And I was, yeah. like, I was like, oh, <laughs> the that's Marvel so comic, cute. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's really dark and she's murderous, but I kind of see it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I will say that it in that way it's fitting to where and even D, yeah, she was the one who liked heroes and you know maybe she's not like Batman seeking vengeance or anything like that, but hey, maybe it's her origin story. Yeah, 
Yeah, I did. I thought it was a cool scene. It does, like, I'm not really sure it was satisfying for Christina's death, but I thought it was a cool scene. But I don't think that it deserved to be the final scene. Like, we needed a little more, as I already said. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I noticed... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, I almost kind of wonder if what I would have liked as a, as a different fate for Christina would have been, you are now depowered, you have no prestige, you have no name, you have no power, you have no nothing. We have it all. Now go out into the world and be normal and be regular and be completely unfantastic in every single way. Mm-hmm. Wander the earth. And I mean, I know it's 1950s uh, America and so she's a tall, blonde, white woman. So she probably have, you know, a better faith than others. But just this woman whose entire quest was immortality prestige power that was denied for her now it's like now you have literally nothing we have everything bye yeah it's it's yeah basically like the jail sentence versus the the yeah basically (laughs) um oh okay before we end up wrapping because i think we skipped over a question about montrose but does anyone have anything to say about montrose (laughs) do we I, I yeah. this whole time I struggled with his character to yeah. empathize to sympathize with him and so it was emotional for me to see him kind of cry over Atticus body and he kind of gets the second shot at being a father I guess with his grandson but I was like yeah, I can take or leave Montrose's storyline at this point <laughs> I like Montrose's storyline um yeah. I mean after I mean it was kind of like the, the other characters like as it went on I I I I, I sympathize more because I mean, like, as a as a as a as a gay dude, I mean, like, you know, I I, I could I could put myself in the headspace of you're mm. a black man in the fifties. I mean, even today, you know, a lot of yeah. people still hide their sexuality. Like, it, it made sense, like how that could turn you into someone very angry. But obviously, I don't approve of anything you did to take growing up or anything. <laughs> but I mean, I think a lot of the time, abuse comes from a deep place of pain, and mm. clearly, he was in a ton of pain. So I. I, I was sympathetic towards him as the show went on. Um, and I was, again, I, I also wanted to know, like, did you get Sammy some flowers, like, after that? Or, Aww, yeah. or I don't know, talk again? Like, I, I, I just wanted another wrap-up scene for pretty much everyone, including mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I would have liked to have seen... Oh, I'm sorry, oh, go, ahead, Jim. go ahead, No, no, you no, go, go ahead. ahead. Okay, oh. well, I just... <laughs> um, it kind of, his story arc kind of fell to the wayside. Um, and a lot of it dealt with pain. I think his like only real true happy moment is when he's in, he's at the ball with Sammy. Um, mm-hmm. And so he's a bit more freer, but he still has that argument with his boyfriend in the kitchen where he can't seem to let himself mm-hmm. be happy. And then we left that alone and went more deeper into his trauma. I was like, okay, he's always traumatized. Can this man yeah. have a joyous <laughs> moment yeah. at any point? And the answer was no. Because uh, at the end, he loses his son, too. So we're still yeah. going through pain. Yeah, and I, I, I would have liked to have seen some pieces moved around just in a different order. And maybe this is a little bit too neat and tidy. But because we have that scene where he's at the ball with Sammy and it seems like he's finally kind of embracing who he is. And yet then a couple episodes later, we have Tick finding out about him and him still being kind of angry about it and... uh uh, or I'm, I'm, I'm mixing up pronouns here, but then Tick finding out about uh, Montrose's sexuality and Montrose still being kind of angry and bitter about it. And then we have the Tulsa episode in nine where we kind of finally see 
everything and we kind of get a more clear picture of his backstory. And I think if we just would have moved it around where Tick finds out first and there's some bitterness. And then we have that scene later with Montrose kind of embracing who he is. And then the final stage of the journey being here's the story would have made a lot more sense in us kind of relating to him and kind of like, okay, this is a journey I kind of understand because mm-hmm. then by the time the, the Tulsa thing came around, it's sort of like this, this doesn't hit as emotionally as you thought it would because you haven't given us enough from Montrose as a character to kind of be like, Oh, all right, all is forgiven. Instead of just kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I see it, but I don't, I don't feel it necessarily. Yeah, I see your point, but like, uh, I mean, like one great night at a drag ball does not like a life changing uh, thing make, you know? Like I really got it. Like when he was in the kitchen and still, still angry and still afraid. Like it made sense that, like, you know, I, I think in life, like it, it, it takes a lot of moments like that when you until you're comfortable with it. Like he probably has a long way to go. Which again, tune in for season two if he uh, if they're going to bring it back <laughs> yeah. and they continue his journey. But um, yeah, I mean, I I I get what you guys are saying. How it didn't really come together, but I I, I thought he was compelling, and and I think um, going to the kind of backslide storyline made sense for someone who, you know, got pretty deep into his life before he even experimented with like being happy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point, Dan. Yeah, I, I yeah, I think I was like, I guess, waiting for a quick payoff. And you're right, yeah, going through any sort of act of self discovery is kind of like a roller coaster, right? It, it, mm-hmm. it takes time and time and time. So I will admit to that. I'll I'll, I'll give them that credit. <laughs> um. So okay. So wrapping up, what other final thoughts do we have just about the show in general? I know we gave our grades for the episode, but what do we mm-hmm. think about? What's a grade for the show? Oh. <laughs> Got to think about this one. <laughs> I mean, um, I think it works better almost um, as like, uh, like an, almost like an episodic anthology kind of thing than it does yeah. a whole season of story. Because really like every episode was different. You had yeah. the Haunted House one, the one where they were puffing again at Jones, the one where it was Cronenberg body horror, the one... Uh, where it was the Korean War, um, Nine-Tailed Fox Sex Demon Adventure, and so on. And they all did feel quite distinct. And, yeah. I, I, and I think all of them hold up as like individual, like almost like Twilight Zone episodes by themselves. Mm-hmm. Now that I've seen the whole like seasonal story, yeah. I think the individual episodes work better than the whole thing does as like one long thing. So overall, I'll give it a B. If they would have hit the landing... I mean, like, I, I, I think the ending does bring it down a bit, but not so much because the episodes still are pretty distinct in and of themselves. Yeah, yeah. I also want to say a B. I thoroughly enjoyed the whole thing, so I would not say a B minus or a C or anything like that. That would that would be, you know, a bit cool. But yeah, I think, yeah, I agree. Some episodes were a lot stronger than others and some scenes were a lot stronger than others. But overall, you know, I think it made me really emotional and you know it was very thought-provoking and the acting was so good and uh, some of the special effects were insane so i'm gonna i'm gonna say a b i would definitely recommend it to people so it's that territory (laughs) i'd give it a b as well um i think there are some things so i am happy that they recognized and said so that what they did with the humor was a mistake yeah Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think it brings the show down, at least for me and my viewing yeah. experience. Um, 
but also they had they had pitched the show to like the audience as being about family. And I think that's true. I'm not sure if all the discussions about family really went anywhere. Um, they really try to tie it up towards the end in the finale when they mm -hmm. said that family should not be an obligation. It should be about who you choose. And I was like, yeah, but you are all obligated <laughs> to save <laughs> each other right now in this yeah. instance because you're all involved. So I'm not sure that quite meshed well, but all in all, I do think it's it was an exciting television show. So I would recommend it to people as well. I think I would, I, I, once again, I'm probably the hardest one, probably a C. Um, I don't think it was greater than the sum of its parts. There were some awesome moments and there were some head scratching moments. I think when the show was focusing on the emotional moments and the social commentary, it was really firing on all cylinders. Mm -hmm. And when it was del delving deep into the world of magic in which even its own rules were not clearly defined, it was, it was really kind of, I don't want to say bad, but it was really kind of disappointing. And there has been a lot of, a lot of mistakes made, like swinging pretty hard for the fences and a lot of misses. Um, and as, and uh, you know, this harkens back to the very first episode that I did um, for this podcast of just as a Lovecraft fan and what am I hoping for and what am I expecting now mm -hmm. there the man and this work are two very different things but as someone who is sort of like cool here's an influence of Lovecraft at like the most mainstream that you know access that it's, it's ever been if someone's like cool I watch the show now is this a good indication of like Lovecraft and Lovecraftian things mm -hmm. no it's 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 not like I I'm, and I'm I'm kind of upset about that and but I, I know I need to separate the two things, but it's just uh, in many ways, I think I see the show as kind of a missed opportunity, but also based on who the showrunner is, who the cast, or who the cast are and what the, what the show is depicting. It's also a, a, an important show that I'm also is happy that it's out there and that people oh, yeah. are seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. I follow up by saying, I guess I'll also be the person to give it a B my immediate reaction was at the end after seeing it and not feeling completely satisfied with yeah. the ending. I was like, what if they had just done this as a movie? What if the book was just adapted as a movie instead of drawing it out kind of long as a, you know, series, perhaps a limited series, if they're going to do a season two or not. Um, because yeah, the, when they do do things really right, like coming up with these great graphics, these fantastic scenes and all those things, it's awesome. The relationships are, you know, very, for the most part, they get deep into it. But at the same time, you know, the with the made-up rules for magic, to me, that was kind of lackluster. So I was like, if they just did it in a two-hour movie, they wouldn't necessarily be held accountable <laughs> for all of those <laughs> things. <laughs> so while I do, yeah, I do like it more as an anthology, as an overall story arc, I was wondering if it just could have been executed better, you know, adapting the book as a movie instead. Um, again, that can change if they do want a season two, but for now I was like, it could have just, you know, it could have been convinced. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, there, yeah. It's, I need to like rewatch it again and then have more <laughs> yeah. thoughts because now I just feel like, all right, I'm just rethinking of every single episode and I need to really, you know, go back and think harder into it. But yeah. it's crazy that we're finished with season one. I do hope that there is a season two just because, 
you know, the story is really great and we need these questions answered. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great cast, great acting. Yeah. Oh, you know, the F the effort was very well done. I will never like fault them for like the the writers, the actors, set yeah. design, costumes, like all those things yeah. I think deserve to be acknowledged. Special effects, like yeah. just insane. Every episode was something new and bizarre and crazy that I just was not prepared for. I mean, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like even a show that's flawed, um, that swings and like tries its hardest to be great, like that's so much better than like kind of like, okay, let's all paint my numbers and get this thing mm -hmm. out. We all know what's happening. Like, I yeah. much, much, much prefer anything like this too. Like, this, this wasn't a, um, like uh, a low effort thing. This, yeah. this, this wasn't a uh, just kind of a uh, let's crank it out and go home thing. Exactly. This was a product. Of, this is clearly a labor of love, and that oh, came yeah. through. So it was never less than exciting to watch, even if it didn't really meet at all. Check all my boxes. Yeah. Oh man. Well, if we don't have any more closing thoughts, I guess we'll wrap up here. Thank you guys all for joining us again. Um, this has been so fun to talk about, and I wish we could talk about it more. Um, and so me and I still have a few more episodes left for everyone listening. So make sure to keep listening um, every week. And thank you. And I can't believe it's over the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tweet us your thoughts about the season finale, of course. Yes. We'll tweet us we'll get back to you um and otherwise yeah thank you everyone who participated today yes. and thanks for listening we'll see you all in the next episode this podcast is brought to you by fansided join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.